Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's such a weird thing. Like, I really do not know what I would be doing if I didn't have music. Like, I don't really like anything else. You're listening to the Vocal Girls podcast with me, Megan Gray. In this podcast, I speak to artists about their past, present and future and the music and memories that binds those experiences. Before we get started, I just wanted to let you know that there is strong language used in this episode as well as drug references, so consider yourself warned. This week, I'm speaking to the Glaswegian singer-songwriter, Joseph. Joseph is a musician who grew up in the east end of Glasgow. He now lives in London and his career is flying. You just heard a clip from his latest release, It's Been A Little Heavy Lately, which I am obsessed with. And he's also released two EPs, made music with Loyal Kana, toured with Arlo Parks and sold out shows across the UK, including his first ever at the iconic King Tut's in Glasgow before he'd even released any music. We spoke at the beginning of the year and Joseph is so down to earth and hilarious and it's not just his personality that makes him so lovable, his velvety voice and self-produced tracks are the perfect blend of happy sad and have had numerous plays across Radio 1. In this episode we talk about pre-show nerves, staying grounded and the anonymous admissions box which he has started for his fans. I've actually been having quite a, a nice time, like make a conscious effort to just be a bit nice to myself and have fun and um, I get to work and be productive, which is not really usual for me. So <laughs> hopefully it continues, but I get another two weeks before it kind of shit hits the fan. <laughs> I saw you had COVID as well. Yeah, hard time, man. Hard <laughs> time. time. Hard times are charm. And hopefully my immune system is rock solid now that. <laughs> Covid will never get near me again. Maybe but that maybe that's lucky. I was actually quite productive and had Covid. I, I wrote two tunes and my and my solitude, which was weird. But I couldn't even like I couldn't I couldn't read or anything like that because my brain was so foggy. Oh my god! I had it over Christmas, and I found that I was like so surprised. I couldn't retain a conversation when I was on the phone. Couldn't, could not. Like I was like reading a page of a book that, and it took me like I read, I've read it again. Like since been alright, and I was like, whoa! I must have been. I felt I was like smoking crack or something like that. It was. It is mad that symptom. Ah, I found out the worst. Ah, it's because it's just like it feels like you're permanently baked. But (laughs) um, aye, better, all better now. Yes, fighting for it. So you were actually my last gig before lockdown. Oh, it was the you? Oslo show. Oh my god, that was that was like my last gig. I mean, it was everybody's last gig. It was so close to when we actually like, because I think yeah. that was the point when everyone was like, "Oh, this is gonna be fine," and then all of a sudden it was like, "What the yeah. fuck is going on?" We we came, we were like done like a little European thing, and we came back from Paris, like seeing the U- in the tunnel. Oh, yeah. And it was caked and people, and it was like the COVID, the, the like hysteria was starting to get like fever pitch. And we were like in the Euro Tunnel in a van under like the water. Do you know what I mean? Like that, like yeah, it was so under. It felt really like It felt like we're just breathing everybody's breath in. And then, but then we were in Oslo and it was the exact same thing. So 
But, um, aye, that was one of the best gigs I've done, I think. It was, like, such a good vibe, man. Oh, it's vibe, so man. good. It was, it was actually, so like, really distinctly remember, like, I put a video on my, like, socials of you performing. It was at the end. And um, so many people replied to me being like, who is this artist? I need to know them. Oh, my God, yeah. All my friends are massive fans now, which is really yes. nice because usually I'm sending people Spotify links all the time and they're like, Megan, just fuck off. <laughs> Stop sending us music. <laughs> So I was going to say, obviously, like, we then had that massive lockdown. Yeah. And then we came back with pretty much a bang, with Mad Summer. You did laser festivals. You had yeah. your own tour and then supported Arlo Parks. Like, mm. how has it been kind of personally coming back with such a... It must have been quite overwhelming. Um, I It was pretty overwhelming. It was, like, kind of, like... I mean, it was amazing, but I think just mentally trying to, like, grasp that sudden whiplash and change. And it was just all of a sudden you're surrounded by people, talking mm. to everybody like in front of a crowd again but it was like when we latitude was the first thing we done back i was like absolutely fucking shit myself and then as soon as we went on it was like nothing had changed and it was just well back back to business but um i it's been fun it's made me realize how much i mean i feel like everybody says this but like i've missed live music it's yeah. such a like it's a part of music that i never took into consideration when i got into music but then now i've experienced it like Aye, being on stage is like the best thing ever. It's the most important bit. It's so yeah. good. It's class. I feel like the gig quality has gone up recently since lockdown as well. Like yeah. every time I go to a gig, my flatmates laugh at me because every time I come back and and they're like, "You say it's the best gig every time," <laughs> <laughs> and they just get really annoyed with me because the next day I'm like, "Guys." <laughs> no, it's like, I think it's just it's that kind of like one i think one of the most positive things for lockdown is like you never really get to experience something for the first time again and i think when something's yeah. taken away from you for so long and you get to experience it it feels like the first time again which is so rare that's and I think, such a good point yeah and, and <clears throat> that's what i felt like when i was doing my like the latitude like, i was like oh my god and then and then my actual tour and stuff like that as well and it just felt like it was the first time and it was so exciting and aye but it was just the best thing ever i i feel like I've, I've been here like, i've seen a couple of people play as well and it's just like i feel like everybody's been so cooked up everybody's just totally stepped up their game as well yeah. like there's no fucking about it's just like <laughs> lots of time to practice i know like just sitting <laughs> in their rooms pure making sure they're pure a star next time they get on but uh, it's been fun man it's been good what song did you pick for your past song and why my past song was so far away by carol king Excellent I mean, very choice. lockdown vibes. It's like if you're reaching out the window, like wishing you're <laughs> with your mates. But um, <clears throat> that album's really special to me. Um, Tapestry by Carol King. It was out, I mean, fucking years ago, like decades ago. But I think it's one of those albums that kind of finds you at different times in your life. It means different things. Yeah. Um, and so far away, the lyrics are so simple, but the melodies is pure, like, it's haunting. And Carol's voice is just that, like, full of emotion and... Um, it's just like one of the best songwriters that's ever lived, which is like an understatement, but... I know, I found it mad. I found out recently that she wrote um, You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman and yeah. Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow. Aye, I was like, what? She's like, just firing them out. She like wrote, like, she's got a song called It's Too Late as well, and she wrote that, and yeah. um, Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow, like, in the same day or something, just knocking them out, man. Like, knocking the standards <laughs> right out. That but, just makes you feel bad about yourself, doesn't it? I know, I'm like, pure <laughs> three weeks to write a pure shite song. <laughs> um, but, nah, I think... Cat, I feel like when I first heard Carol King, it's like our, ta- our takes are no like pitch perfect or like um, it, nay, nay, 
no mm. beef with Carol about that, but it's just it was made about emotion and mm. she always says she's not a singer, but she's like one of the best singers ever, I think, just because like she's always I just believe everything she says when she says it. And that's always been very important for me. Like if I'm listening to somebody singing, I feel like if I don't believe you, I don't really buy I don't really get it. I'm just like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but I that song's amazing and it's just so beautiful. Do you think that's something that you've taken into like your performance and your songwriting then that you really have to mean everything that you're saying? Uh, it sounds a bit melodramatic, but I think, I, I mean, if I'm going to be doing this for like years, decades, I need to like care about what I'm singing about because mm. I'll just be bored up there. Just and I feel like when you go to a gig, you can tell when somebody's bored on stage, yeah, and definitely. you're like, and it's like people have paid money to come see you, and I think it's 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 your responsibility to make sure that they have a good time. Yeah, this is actually something that my auntie's like instilled into me from a young age. She's like a folk singer that used to hold like pub folk sessions and oh, stuff. Yeah. She's like, I have no time for perfection. It's when people silence a pub when mm-hmm. like you, they just they're feeling what they're singing. It yeah, sounds yeah. really like cringe, but I, I think when I feel like see when somebody's like, you can see that they're struggling a bit, which mm. just sounds bad, but like it sounds like you can tell they've kind of yeah. kind of like the they're pushing their voice a bit, they're pushing their voice, and you can see that they're like kind of choked up or something. I feel that, and it, it it's happened to me like a couple of times on stage, and it's just like it. Fe- Although it's like you're a bit stressy about it, it always it's like the best it's the best performance mm-hmm. you can get. I think um and I think Carol is a testament to that. And she always used to like put herself down a bit of voice and stuff like that. But like, I the fact that she's I feel like it's, it's, I watched a documentary and they were like if Carol stopped writing songs in the sixties, she would still be the most one of the most relevant important songwriters of all time, which is so true that like, these songs will last forever and they have lasted all this yeah. time. So also so randomly that she was in Gilmore Girls as well. So fucking random. <laughs> Like what? My mum used to watch that every day after school. I fucking hated it. No offence to Gilmore Girls, but I was just like, Carol King. I was like, nothing happens. They just speak really fast to each other. I'm like, are they like taking speed or something? But um, uh, imagine learning the lines for that though. Oh my god, I know, man. It must be like ping pong. I just feel like that back and forth. I feel like I'm going to get attacked after the Gilmore Girls fans, but (laughs) sorry, girls. Not for me. What else were you kind of listening to when you were younger then? Um, um I like a lot. My mum was like my pure like she was like my I don't know, she just played all the best tunes ever. Mm. Mamas and Papas was like a big thing. We used to like listen to that all the time. Every morning my mum would put on uh kind of what their album what the album's called. It's like they're in a pool and they're drinking out yeah, they put water in a hat and they're drinking yeah, out the hat. Yeah, I can't remember what's called either. Um But I tunes like I I mean Dream a little dream of me and all that, and mm. California dreaming, and um, I Monday Monday and stuff like that. Just it felt like a pure. It's like a I don't know. The sound is something I've always been. Mm. I never get bored there. I could listen to those songs forever. And um, people like Al Green as well. He's another one. Like oh, he's my favorite. He's my favorite as well. I love him so much. I know my Reverend Al Green. When, um, when you put him on, he like actually physically does something to your body. Uh, like I'm like oh my god. He's like he's like the most talented like kind of sexy guy like my mum used to pure have, have a mad thing about Al Green I was just like I didn't really get it but then I seen videos and I was like oh he's kind of <laughs> doing his thing um, but but I, how I, can you mend a broken heart to you? Oh, he, that's another example like he, pro- he didn't write a lot of his songs but like the I believe everybody said mm. just because of how he sings it yeah. I mean? so it's like it, it's not really like exclusive to writing your own songs when you're singing stuff like that but, yeah. um, I, people who, who who just take it and make it theirs and he was one of those people, um, Al Green. I loved The Cure as well, like The Cure. My mum used to listen to The Cure all the time. Yeah. I thought it was so fucking cool. <laughs> um, that was when I, And then I listened to like Tribe Called Quest and stuff like that when I got a bit older and I started like, finding my own music and I thought it was so cool, man. I was like, I listened to like, low-end theory at 15 years old. 
Um, my brothers were listening to like 50 Cent and Biggie and stuff like that and it was just so random in the East End of Glasgow. Um, but aye, that's the kind of music I was brought on and like Space Girls and stuff like that as did, well. So. Did it make you feel good to be listening to stuff that other people weren't? Or were you like shy about what you were listening to? Um, I mean, I didn't. I feel like in Glasgow, the East End of Glasgow, people were people were at half eight in the morning. People were playing like MC techno tunes on <laughs> on the bus, so I, I wasn't really telling anybody. Yeah, have you heard this new Al Green song? Like, it's so amazing. <laughs> um, so it was kind of like a wee secret thing, and like jazz as well, like Chet Baker and uh, Sarah Vaughan and stuff like that. I wasn't I wasn't really going into school and be like, guys, check out this new like nineteen fifty five Chet Baker record. But um, I don't know. I think it's just that you're you're on one on one half you're kind of like so excited to find this new music and mm. then another half I was, I was kind of like keeping it secret just because it was just wasn't the normal thing to be yeah. listening to but um i'm happy it's kind of like shaped me as a like musically listening mm. to all eclectic stuff and not just listening to mc tunes half in the morning <laughs> so i actually went to one of your recent hoxton shows oh my god uh, and i know i said i say this all the time but it actually was one of my favorite gigs of the year <laughs> so good what one did you come to the first night the first one that was good oh it was, was so good. good i like i just feel like you're such a natural on stage like you just seem Thanks. to be i don't know whether this is the case but you just seem to be like loving every second you should of see it. me five minutes before i go on man i'm you're like i'm gonna get tasered i'm like you know, <laughs> like freaking out but i think it's just like i i mean i don't know i think it was just london has always had a, a bit of a special place in my heart because like my first london show everybody was like the label people were like having me on the shoulder and being like listen like like they might not be that nice to you and stuff like that and like london crowds could be a bit subdued and stuff like that because i had only been like, in front of a glasgow crowd yeah, and they were yeah. pure <laughs> batshit crazy <laughs> but as soon as i went on everybody was just welcomed me with open arms and it's always been like that in london and it's just kind of felt like i part of the fam but oh. it was it was so good hoxton was amazing as well like three nights there i was just it's the most beautiful venue ever it's so oh my stunning. god i've never been to that venue before i was like this is so stunning it's, it's like a little hidden thing as well it's like you wouldn't even know it's there it's um, so nice it's so nice to be on stage and it's quite tight on stage with the band as well which is nice i feel like it's yeah yeah, yeah. Get, quite get, intimate i'm gonna get hit if i'm a bit shitting myself my band are like right there with me so um but i thanks for saying that that's pretty nice right. that, that was. you definitely look like a natural especially for someone who apparently never intended to be a musician nah so on the cards. tell me about how this happened then um so basically but basically i was just working in a bar and then for ages and i, I went to college done sound engineering for like a year but dropped out because i just thought it was terrible i hate wires and i hated the lecturers the thought they were just didn't they didn't understand me <laughs> um but i never sang in college or anything like that i just wanted to just be behind the scenes and stuff right. like that um but i met my manager there lyle um and we went to an open mic together to support our other mate and I like went up pure absolutely like we would drank like ten pints or something like that. It was it was like dire straits. And um, I I sang California Dreaming, mums and papas, oh. but I was absolutely shit faced. But the 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 room kind of like was quite like, they went a bit quiet, and I was like oh, but I was so pissed. And then when I stopped playing, everybody was like oh my god. And then and then like a nothing really happened. And a year later, Lyle came back to me uh, with his mate, who's my other manager, Nathan. They were like, we want to start a management company, and we want to try and like see if we can do something with this and I was like okay if you want but I wasn't doing anything else I was just getting pissed all the time and working in a pub um, which I was kind of okay with mm. I was like working 40 hours a week thought it was like oh this is easy money um, but I then they just told me to write some songs and see if I could do it and, I, and it turns out I could do it so had you not written any songs before that? 
Nah, no, I mean, not really. I mean, I wrote one in school because they told you to write a song like for like a project thing. It was so cringy, I can remember it. Is that the next release? I don't know. It's, <laughs> some, that is somewhere. That is somewhere. And I'm like, if that comes out, man, it's going to ruin my career. But, uh, aye, it was a very, like, it was a very strange situation because it was just that we had no expectations about it and I had no, like, I don't know, I had nothing to lose in a way, which was kind of nice and anything was always a benefit for that. And I went for, like, in 2019, it was like, I was working in a bar and releasing music and then in January like I was in Made of Ale with like Annie Mac and all that and it was just like Yeah, it just seemed to have happened so quick. It was a head fuck man, it was like I wasn't prepared for that. I think it was way too early to be in that situation. Like it was so like the whiplash of that was was mm. like nothing I'd ever felt before. I was just like, Oh my fucking god. But I was I was keeping it cool, but I was just like, Whoa, what's happening? Um I never, never intended, but I'm glad I'm here, man. Glad I'm here. <laughs> what else am I going to be doing? Obviously, you sold out that King Tut's gig before releasing any music. Yeah. Was that absolutely terrifying then, that pressure? Oh like, once you've <laughs> myself. Uh, nah, it was just kind of like, I don't know. It was, it, was, it was like a funny idea that we were like, it would be funny if we could sell this out and we were pure like spending our own, like we were, we were printing off flyers and stuff and like leaving them in toilets in Glasgow and um just like weird shit like that and if any of our mates were going on holiday we were giving them like the joseph fucking flyer and they would like take a picture of it so people were like who's this guy man um yes. but, but i it was like when we sold it out it was like oh my god we need to do this gig now like <laughs> and my managers are unshakable like they just they don't get nervous about anything really and he'd like took a peek it was like a half 10 friday night in glasgow everybody was absolutely fucking rocking and they looked out and and he, he, came, he came back and he was chalk white and I was like <laughs> and I was like what and he's like oh my god that's it and I just had to go out and do it and it was it was but I, it was amazing it was one of the best I mean I blacked out completely I've my yeah, nerves just total, totally took over but I I, th- I don't know why everybody came to see me and I had no tunes out I think, I think they just make to make sure I wasn't shite or it obviously worked out as a good gamble no it was a good gamble imagine I was fucking terrible or something they would have been like oh my god <laughs> so obviously this happened so quickly and going from getting drunk and doing a song in front of your mates yeah and then actually making your own music mm. a lot of the time it takes artists years to kind of establish what they want to sound like yeah how kind of did you get to that so quickly do you think like producing your own tracks helps you to have more control over that um yeah i i think like i think my, my knowledge as a producer at the time was really limited and therefore like it, it made me try new things i don't think mm. see if you've got like a plethora of knowledge you you kind of know what to do and if it sounds really clean and yeah um but because I didn't really know what I was doing, I feel like it made me make a kind of sound that wasn't really what anybody else was doing in yeah. Glasgow at that time, and it made me stand out a bit more, which was all, which was cool. I mean, I was totally cowboy in every track, man. Like pure, <laughs> it was intent. Like I was just like when it started to like, when I was releasing music and it was kind of doing well. I was like, I can't really if see if they seen me making this tune like <laughs> like in my bed, like like just with a mic in my hand, no soundproofing or anything, like god man yeah but i fucking love this for the music snobs it's like i it's it just it, uh, like i just think it's a perfect example like you can actually do anything you want and it doesn't there's no right way to do it mm. like no like not, nothing should be stop you for doing something you want to do all you need is a laptop an interface a mic and a guitar and you could literally make anything on your laptop um 
I people who are really precious about like soundproofing and all that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't really like anything that sounds too clean. I like I like something that sounds like it's a bit dirty. And... Yeah, most of my favourite songs of like an artist are the demos. Like, I love all the early demos. Ah, it's like 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 Steve, like Steve Lacey, like his mm-hmm. demo tape thing. It just it was all made on his phone, and it's like he's got a TED talk about that as well. And it's I feel like that was so inspiring for me when I when I was watching it. I was just like, he's just made all that shit on his phone, and he's getting nominated for a Grammy for it. So it's like, you can. Yeah. You can I you can do anything you want. I wonder you? if like people actually connect with that more because it just mm. sounds more accessible, more relatable, or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really know. I find I I think I I just find shit like that amazing, and I still kind of make my music in that way, like just trying new things and and no worrying about how like clean the the sound sources or anything like that. <laughs> I mean, just just trying anything. If it sounds good, then it sounds good. So obviously, fast forward to now, um, pretty mad. You've kind of done Jules Holland, a colours show. Yeah. You've done a track with Loyal Kana. So, tell me about your present song, your today song, and why. My today song is "Red Room" by Hiatus Coyote. This is such a beautiful song. Such a beautiful song. Um, I love Hiatus Coyote. I've loved them for ages. Um, and when this album came out, like. I'm, I'm, I'm a, it's a bit weird because the, the music I listen to and the lyrics I like are like kind of hyper specific and um, I think like Napalm's lyrics are very abstract and mm. um, they can kind of mean anything and I think, yeah, yeah. but I kind of like that because you can just put your own meaning to anything and I love Red Room as well because uh, it's she was told a story about it like they were just in the studio it was the end of the night and they'd been in the studio for like 12 hours and her voice was going and they just were running the track and that's how it got it made and it just sounds pure like dirty and nice and yeah um i think that album's very like what's the word like meditative mm, like, yeah no, it's nice mean. like in the gym or something like that or <clears throat> it's like beautiful sound and they have a tune called so- uh, stone or lavender as well which is just like piano and strings and her voice is just amazing like it's unreal yeah she's like uses it as an instrument doesn't she ah it's like mad 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 stuff but I think it's imp- like that kind of music's important, like mm. so important to get that people are still making music like that because it's just I, I think it's very special and it's very like unique. And she's got a solo. Like, have you heard her solo stuff? Yeah, I was actually listening to that yesterday. <laughs> it's so good, like that the vocal, the, the harmonies and the the like the doubles and her guitar playing as well is just fucking unreal. Yeah, I get the feeling she just kind of does what she wants as well. Oh, like, does just... whatever the fuck she wants, man. She's she's kind of uh, on a different astral plane, I think, yeah. from everybody else, but. It means a lot to me just because of how it sounds mm. and i think sometimes you can get caught up about like you can get caught up in like oh what do people want to listen to or like what what should kind yeah. of music should i be making and it's just like a reminder of kind of like i mean it's not too like left field or anything but i just think it just sounds like that's the music they wanted to make and they, that's how they wanted to put it out yeah. and i think that's quite inspiring to just keep that in your head when you're making music and not really like care about because i've never really cared what anybody else thinks anyway so because it's like everybody else could be gone tomorrow and it's like you could wake up with all this music that you've just made for somebody else like if, if i like to listen to it then that's all that matters to me that not that i sit and listen to my own music <laughs> psa <laughs> yeah all three songs you picked are just joseph's songs know, like, but can you imagine jesus <laughs> so you started an anonymous emissions box yeah on your website so do you want to tell me a little bit about that and why you started it? Um, the admissions box was kind of like, I don't know, like in the past like year or whatever, I just felt like I was getting a bit overwhelmed by like, things that were going on in my life and um, I just didn't want to tell anybody it and I just feel like I'm quite closed in that way. Obviously I'm quite open in my music and stuff like that, but I thought it'd be quite cool for people to have like the opportunity to share something 
that never get back to anybody mm. um and because i feel like there is there's a bit of gravity in sharing something like even if they don't know it's you or whatever and i feel like i get to do that in music sometimes like when you put something out it's like sounds pure cliche but it is like a weight gets lifted mm. a wee bit um but i just put it on my website not expecting much to happen and i got like over 350 admissions and it was all really like parag- i mean paragraphs like i felt pure i was on tour when i was reading them and i was i was like in my hotel room like crying because i was just like i felt so overwhelmed with the kind of like responsibility of reading that kind of information yeah. um but i was i felt i felt like very like what's the word i don't know humbled by it that people felt that they could yeah, just kind of put... like a privilege that people were telling you that. Ah, and i've i've not really like the label and that they don't get access to it my managers don't have access to it. it's just me like i get to like read it and stuff so um i can ju- i can just pick stuff and then pluck them out and then share them whenever um it takes me a while to kind of get through them and wonder what i'm going to say because it, it is like a privilege man it's a privilege to read stuff like that and people go to go to town like telling like their deepest darkest secrets mm. there is a couple of dick jokes as well but like <laughs> that's always expected people call me a prick in that but like it's that's that's expected um but i i feel like it's a nice thing that i didn't expect to be so like well received mm. which is nice and I feel like what you were saying as well is you you get to do that in your music. Yeah. I feel like there isn't really like many things that compare to being able to turn something like a bad experience yeah. into a good experience like music does. Ah, uh, it's like it's such a it's such a weird thing. Like I really do not know what I would be doing if I didn't have music. Like mm. I don't really like anything else. Interesting that you're saying as well that you are like quite private in life and yeah, then, yeah. but you feel like you are able to be open in your songs ah it's it's pretty strange it's like as soon as you're like in in that kind of mindset you're like the, you would say shit that you would never say like in an empty room like mm. you just shit comes out which is weird but um i it's pretty special i don't know what i'd be doing with foot music but i the admissions box is always open as well in case anybody wants to call me a prick or anything like that <laughs> <laughs> as a like being like a favorite thing that you've received or something that's hit you the hardest or i get a lot of messages about the sun is up forever um and i got a lot of that on the admissions box because the the meaning of that's i wrote it from my mum's point of view about like an abusive relationship that she had with my dad and um i get a, i had a lot of that like people feeling people would writing and saying that they, they were listening to it and it and it kind of took them back to their childhood and stuff like that or stuff they were going through and mm and i felt that that was kind of like very intense for me because it was obviously it's very close to home for me as well but yeah there was there was a lot of like i it was just stuff like that but the, i think the thing that that got me the most was the the the, the amount of people that are going through the same thing yeah like, like the not the aimlessness and not knowing what they're doing with their life and not knowing if they're making the right decisions like that was the biggest one and i think the pandemic caused that like see like, people having too much time to think about stuff and mm everybody was just questioning their entire existence i'm like we're all right man we're gonna we'll be fine <laughs> like we'll be okay yeah is um, it strange when people re- relate so kind of like directly to yeah. a specific lyric that you've written about ah it's it is pretty mad and it's it's mad when people like put their own meaning like i've been to the shows and stuff like that and i meet people after it and they're like i like or like something that i've just said flippantly they appear like make a big story about it or like appear deeper meaning i'm like yeah man that's exactly what i meant <laughs> but i think it, that's the that's the that's the amazing thing about music like people can people can write fucking essays about two two sentences and a, and a piece of music and i think aye uh, it's so nice and i, I love that I, I, there's lyrics up your whole coast to me like for the rest of my life and i think that it's nice that people can do that i
last year's release, Fire. Fire. Which is, I mean, my favourite song of yours changes all the time. But I think this is now my favourite. Is that your favourite? I love it so much. Oh my god, yes, thanks. Yeah, it used to be playing me something nice. Classic. But yeah, Fire is just so beautiful. And I think it's thanks. so painful because it is such a relatable yeah. feeling that you're talking about. Do you want to tell me about why you wrote it and how you're feeling at the time? <laughs> you're like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Megan's feeling it. Um, <laughs> uh, um, I wrote Fire... <laughs> I'm laughing. I wrote Fire when I moved to London. Um, I, I moved to London at the end of 2020. I was like, I'm moving. Um, uh, I just said that I, I just wanted to move because of work and stuff like that. I wanted to be like, yeah, I want to be closer to the big smoke. Um, but really, I was just trying to run away from like, a lot of issues that were going on in my life at the time. Like, mm. my relationship was like absolutely crumbling, and um, I was just quite unhappy, quite an unhappy boy. Um, but then I got to London and I realised, oh my god, like it doesn't really matter where you go, you're kinda like you're always followed about by your own your problems and yeah. um maybe the problem is me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kinda like that that but it was very specific about that relationship and like about lying on the floor and drinking and all that and um just the stuff that we said to each other, like it's very specific and I sometimes I like put stuff out and I'm like <laughs> like shit. I was gonna ask you about that, like, do you get freaked out about the idea of the person hearing it i guess you've had to get used to that Ah, uh, no they've heard they've heard that like they've they've heard that i mean glasgow's a small place and um aye but they're a good sport like <laughs> if i couldn't cope with that if it was me like but um i mean i don't really slag anybody off no i never slag anybody off it's, it's just it's not like that it's just like i think it's just very personal and um i mean i, I think i romanticize it a bit as well so it's like Probably likes it. <laughs> um, but aye, it's pretty, it's pretty strange. I know you're saying that you can move away from things and you still feel the same, but I do feel like there is a physical association so much so as well. Getting over a breakup with someone, like everything just reminds yeah. you. And you feel like, do you know Ross in um, Friends with Carol? <laughs> and like everything he touches is like, oh, this mug. I or let when Monica comes out of the shower and she's got Richard's drain here. <laughs> And she's like, that shit as well. But I, I like, <laughs> things just have like emotional weight. It is like that. But I, I, I shared that. I shared a flat with this person. And it was just like, like everything. literally everything. It took ages for them to come pick up their stuff as well. And I was like tripping over like jackets and that to try and get into my flat every day. And it was just like inescapable. So I felt I literally wanted to take all, all my clothes and run naked away to like <laughs> into the sea. It was just like. Yeah, I literally have just moved all of my room around because it was reminding me of someone and I was like, I hate it. I, hate, I literally take it all down. You might become a pure minimalist or something like that. Like just sit, get the feng shui right and then everyone else will fall into place. But I, it's pretty intense. I just think it's when you're so like emotionally connected to somebody, like parts of yourself remind you of them. Like yeah, you look yeah, in the yeah. mirror and it's like the things that they you'll be sitting in bed with them they're like I love that about you I love it when you smile like that or like yeah. and then you're like I'm never smiling again <laughs> <laughs> I am never smiling it's again it's ruined also so many fucking songs so many like, songs so many good songs I know unlistenable I have to I actually because I'm like you're not taking a song from me so nah. I actually just like listen to it so many times that I kind of rinse it out of me numb yeah numb <laughs> numb, numb. 
what's that song that you can't listen to anymore? That always intrigues me. What, people, um, what people's songs are. What can't I listen to anymore? Sorry, I put you on the spot. Dope Lemon. What's the song called? Marinade. Oh, oh my God, that is a tune. It's a fucking great song and it's that really happy and now I can't listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, man, that's so sad. That is a tune. I that know. kind of means, that reminds me of something as well. That is quite, str- oh, really? quite strange. It's very like on in the morning. Yeah, yes. Very on Sunday morning vibes, yeah, hungover. Yeah. Aye. Oh, ah, it's yeah. very that. Mine just don't delete the kisses. Oh, that's such an emotional song, anyway. I know. <laughs> I'm feeling me, Edge, <laughs> crying in my living room floor, oh. man. But aye. I feel like that must feel like that for Ellie, though. Of course, aye, mad. Because that's like a proper love song. That song. It is, but it's it's like a it's like a happy song, though, and it? it's it like is, it's yeah. not like a it kind of resolves at the end, which is nice. Um, yeah, because I listened to the song Exploder on that. And so did she, I. Yeah, and she's saying like how they changed it so it then says me and you are meant to be ah, in love. In love, which is like that is the that is a perfect song. Like that is, is the perfect song, and it's like that that song Exploder was quite it was it was amazing because it was like the 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 kind of what's the life he had from a demo to a finished song yeah. is so it can be sometimes mad. Like, yeah, because they were saying they couldn't finish it for ages. Couldn't could finish they? it. Aye, so I think it's that that's quite. You have to remember that sometimes when you're like making tunes, it's like this. This isn't how it's going to finish, so give yeah, it a yeah. chance. Sometimes, yeah. But I sometimes you can't just like I can't listen to this song anymore. <laughs> Comes on and I'm like on my shuffle and I'm like. So I've heard you talk before about writing a lot when you're hungover. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty impressed that you can achieve anything when I hangover because uh-huh. I'm absolutely useless. It's getting harder and harder. <laughs> but, um... What is it about hangover that makes you write so well? Um. I feel like because I've got nothing else in my brain really. Like I feel like you can be as most you're, you're most honest with yourself when you feel like shit. Mm. Um, but I, I don't. I'm not really. I, I don't be sick or anything when I'm hungover. I've just got like a pure like sad like anxiety. I like I. It's pretty intense. But I always kind of find if I write a song and I'm hungover, I, I don't feel like it's a day wasted. Yeah. Or even if I just write shit in my wee book or anything like that, or I just feel like I'm constantly writing stuff down. And if it gets used, it gets used. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Um. Uh, but I, I, I feel like I'm kind of sometimes I, I've wrote my best songs and I'm hungover definitely like, I most of, most most of them. Um, I'm guessing Calm Down was written on a hangover. Oh my god, that wasn't even a that was a that was a fucking four day bender. <laughs> um, I feel like yeah, that song hits hard when you listen to it. I feel like you can feel I, it. The reaction to that song is like that is so good, man. Like because that wasn't even supposed to come out. It wasn't even supposed to be on the EP oh, or so anything beautiful. like that. It was a pure last minute addition and I it's like it's mad like hearing that because it's such a quiet song but when mm. you play it live it's like people are like ah, cuddling their girlfriends and boyfriends and all that and I, I love that song that, that will never get old for me yeah I was talking to my housemate last night actually and she said that was the favourite of your gig yeah yeah she was like I didn't feel like that would be as amazing live as it was and it was just so like yeah. emotional uh, it was, it's I because it's hard to, for that to translate live because mm. it's quite quiet but we put the drums in that in the end and oh it's beautiful uh, it was just uh, the best bit is everybody singing it because it's like when I made that tune, I can actually remember like my physical position. I was like, like holding the mic so close to my my my, my lips. You can hear like my breathing and all that. And, yeah. Um, and I've just felt so like alone. And then when you play it live like that, it's just like yeah, that must be mad. It's like it's such a like rewarding experience. It's so nice. I wish that I could speak to you like there's nothing wrong. Wish I could go back to before I wrote this song And tell you I loved you And you would smile and you'd save me too Can you just 
describe the feeling of people like singing your words back to you? Oh, it's such an indescribable feeling. It never gets old. Like mm. it never ever gets old. It's like it's just indescribable. That's that's the word I would use, which is kinda like a non answer, but <laughs> um it's just an indescribable feeling. It's like it's so visceral and um it lasts as well it's like the cleanest high you'll ever get mm. it's like i can get why people end up pure fucked up and all that because they like come off stage and they just yeah, yeah, yeah there's yeah. like a crash kind of thing but um i it's like a pure it's like a natural buzz that it's just it's just a pure release of chemicals in your body it's mad but um that's really really special yeah do you so ever lucky. get that do you ever get like that after tours finish or whatever you're like oh it's really bad like it's, it? it's really bad it's like because it's such a weird thing to put your body through every night. Mm. Like, three nights, like, three days in a row, and then one day off, and then three days in a row. It's like, you're, you're up, 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 down, up, down, up, down, and then you're doing press, and you're doing, like, whatever, and you're talking to all these people, and you kind of need to be switched on a lot. Mm. And then when you when you kind of, like, when your tour's done, and you go back to your flat, and you're by yourself, and you're, like, there's such a pure, like, heavy silence in the room. Yeah, yeah. But, um, it's, I mean, it lasts for, like, a week. You just need to, like, kind of go to the gym, drink all juice, and get fuck over it. <laughs> Because it won't be long until you're, you're, you're back out again. So. Yeah, it's probably a good time to be able to write songs as well when you feel like that. Ah, it's like an album wrote in a week. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, moving on to the, the future, what song did you pick for the um, future and why? I didn't really know what to pick for this. I don't really listen to new people that much, but um, I'm Arcus, Hide and Seek. She's so good. She's so good, man. I only heard her like a couple of weeks ago and it, she's got one of those voices that's just like instantly stopped me in my tracks. Mm. I was like, whoa. Um, it's not just her voice, it's like her delivery as well. It's quite unusual sometimes and some words and stuff and I'm a sucker for stuff like that. Like I love like pure kind of like really um, like details like that. But I her EP's just out or something like that and she's, it's really really good. She's really special. I think she'll be massive at some yeah. point. She, uh, it's like a whole bunch of different things don't really like to compare other artists to other people because yeah, really, yeah. it's kind of weird when people do that um but i she's she's very unique and special she's great yeah she's just i feel like her sound is like so it sounds so mature as well yeah yeah she's got a pure deep voice which is pure i love that man it's it's a very i i feel like our, our writing is very our, our chord changes in that are quite unique yeah. as well and different and i think that's so cool when you because you don't really realize how much things are the same until somebody does something different and i think mm. i she's very She's very, very cool. I feel like her sound doesn't sound like it's from the UK as well. It sounds like she sounds quite like American. She's feel like, I don't know, like Philadelphia yeah, or something like that. Exactly. Like something mad like that. Exactly. But, uh, she feel like, where's she from? London. Is she from London? Yeah. Oh, Brixton. Yeah. Brixton? Yeah. God, shocked. I thought she, I genuinely thought she would feel like, I don't know where I thought she would feel like, somewhere like that. Yeah, it does sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> but aye, uh, she's cool. She's cool as fuck. So are you like generally quite positive about the future or are you a warrior? Uh, I'm quite positive, man. I like, I mean, I try to be, um, just for my insanity. Like, just try to have a, like a positive outlook, and um, but obviously I'm not like that all the time. There's mm. days when I'm like, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um, I I think I'm I'm quite. I, I feel like I'm exactly where I want. I, I'm I'm exactly where I'm, I want to be in life, and I'm quite lucky to be in that position where I'm doing something I love. I've got good mates. Like I've got a nice family and stuff like that. So I'm always kind of counting count my blessings in that way and yeah. try not to get too down in the dumps because it could always be worse i mean I, this is me today ask me tomorrow i'll be like <laughs> fucking i hate my life but I, you on a really good day i just that i just being 
like proactive and trying to make yourself feel better is just so important to like if you're just sitting about like as hard as it is to get up sometimes it's just like you need to just try and do it yeah i guess finding an outlet is really good as well like for you i guess it's music i think writing things down sometimes is really good yeah i think writing things down is probably the most important tool i've got like because i think when when things are bouncing off your skull they mm. sound louder than they actually are and you write them down and it's like that's bullshit like it yeah it should... i i definitely have to like air my thoughts i just tell my friends but yeah, then, talk I, to mates. then they, know, they know like all my deepest darkest yeah. stupid thoughts but like i have to get them out of my own brain because if they sit there it's oh yeah the <laughs> box is always open megan <laughs> <laughs> they're all me <laughs> you'll look at that every yeah. single day <laughs> flapping your hands uh, which one's your favourite <laughs> <laughs> sounding them Megan at the bottom I'm like it's anonymous stop doing that stop doing stop it doing mate <laughs> um, so I've heard you talk before about it being really important to you that like everyone knows that you're a normal guy is this kind of relatability and humility I guess something that's really important for you as you move forward into more success Um I, I mean I obviously I mean I wouldn't want to be anything other than mm. sound yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean like but I don't think being a is like comes part and parcel with being a musician and I think yeah. people sometimes think that is the case yeah. the bigger they get it's like they have kind of entitled to act like in a certain way but I think being for Glasgow as well East End of Glasgow it's a bit like rough and ready my family would just not allow it like, yeah. if I went back to my mates and I was like hey guys what's going on they'd be like get the fuck out of here yeah yeah um but I, who wants to sit with, a, with an arsehole, you know what I mean, and have yeah. conversations and a lot of my job is fucking communicating with people and talking to people. And well, just... Yeah, I, it makes sense that it is like more of a kind of community between mm. artists and audience because yeah. like one doesn't exist without the other anyway. I mean, but... the people that buy and listen to music and come to gigs are the most important part of music. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like being a musician is like it's cool and that and it's special and very lucky that i get to do it but like people wouldn't be in the position they are if it wasn't for people that come to the shows and yeah, listen yeah. to the music and buy the merch and like you're literally you're you're some they are your livelihood so it's yeah, that yeah, yeah. it's important that people are treated with respect and yeah there doesn't stuff. need to be like a hierarchy or whatever i just don't get it like some no. people have got like mad cult islands and all that and i mean I it's like it's 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 mad um but i I guess like, that's the admissions box is so nice because it's kind of like a way for you to really connect and I guess you're kind of swapping stories that way. Like yeah, you're yeah. giving your songs and they're giving you like mm-hmm. their thoughts. And... It's good to like test the water and see what everybody's feeling as well. Like, because I, I like to, I, not that I'm nosy, but I like to know what everybody who is is on my like Instagram and that. Uh, Instagram? <laughs> Let me just run that back. <laughs> it's important. It's important for me to know like, like, <laughs> like got instantly got a lisp. I don't know what's happening. Um, but I, it's important for like if it, I, I like to know what people are feeling in that because I'm kind of I like connection and I like I like community and yeah. it's important to me. And I, it's so hopefully I'll remain. I mean, ask me in like ten years, I might be like, what's your name again? <laughs> <laughs> we an American accent. Like, no, it, ju- it just would not fly. Like in Glasgow, like the bullshitometer is so potent. Like mm. if you know, if I can, every time I come home, my mum's like check my accent to make sure it's still in check. <laughs> I could never change my accent, but aye, some people do. Remain, remain calm, remain sound. <laughs> so I saw on socials that you have new music coming. Yeah, soon. yeah, I've got new music on the way, but it'll be out by now. So. <laughs> Right, sorry, this is this this was recorded a while ago, guys, so it's been a little heavy lately, we'll be out and you will be enjoying it. 
Um, that's the new single. It's been a little heavy lately. Um, oh, that's exciting. It sounds, from what the clip that I heard, it sounds really, like, funky. I'm really excited. Yeah, it's upbeat and it's, like... The lyrics are pretty, like... Uh, it's still kind of, like, not sad, but it's, like, it's a bit of a weird situation, the lyrics, but the... the the song like is very different to what people are used to. I think for me, which oh, really? is which is exciting because when we made it in the studio, we weren't really trying to adhere to any sort of like uh, what people would be expecting or what I wanted to do. We're just kind of letting it happen. It just became this kind of like nice funky tune. Are you always in a studio now? Because I remember you saying before, like on something that you usually record in room and like yeah, do yeah. it that way. So you're kind of working from a studio now. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I, I record in my room, like record demos and stuff in my room. And, and then I work with a guy called Barney Lister now. He's like a producer. He's amazing. Mm. He's like my brother. Um, He's the only guy I've worked with. Um, He's got like this this little studio in, the, in Brixton in the dairy and it feels like a bedroom. Oh, nice. So it's like not it too much. Comforting. I couldn't deal with a big, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Abbey Road or something like that. It'd be fucking mad. Um, but I, it's just nice to go and have somebody else in the room to be like, tell me if something's good or if it's shite or if it's. But it's, it's weird. Yeah, like a sounding board. Ah, it's like sometimes I, I'll let in my bed, I'll be like, oh, this is a bit shit and I'll take it to him. He's like, this is amazing. Like, <laughs> And it's so nice to get that kind of like, that feedback and. He pushes me to sing better, and mm. if I get a, if I do a take, he's like, oh, you could probably do that a bit better, and um, and he'll, and it's always a co-production as well, so it's not he, he, he's not precious about like me stepping on his toes or anything as yeah, far yeah. as that's concerned, because that was always important to me to um to to be in control with that. So, mm-hmm. so we get an album soon. Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's so ambiguous. I love it. I know, man. I, I can't. <laughs> not really, allowed to talk about it. It's fine. I kind of see it, but Just I, hopefully. I yeah. mean, it's like. I'd, uh, um, it's more music is on the way. Okay, more, more music, music is on, on the way. way. I'm heavy excited, man. I'm excited about this year, next year. It's gonna be, it's gonna be pretty mad. I've made some amazing music, and I'm, I'm excited for everybody to hear it. And you got some US shows as well. I've got you. I've got you. I fuck. I'm going to New York. I'm going to New York and LA as well. I'm going so to, cool. And I'm going to Texas to the South by Southwest, which is going to be. Oh fun. yeah, I saw that. I know. I'm excited about the frozen margaritas. I've heard that like. <laughs> Oh my god, margarita is my favourite drink. I'm yeah, obsessed. Yeah. yeah, I love a frozen margarita. It's just like, yeah, um, so good. I can't cook, but I can make a good frozen margarita. Oh my god, do you so. need to get me over for a gas yeah. night, man? I'll be honestly. Though I went to a bar the other day and ordered a chili margarita, and it was the worst thing I've ever had. I kept like eating bits of chili. Chili margarita. Yeah, it was awful. I don't get the chili and things. That no. isn't like chili con carne or something like that. <laughs> All the, I, like people put chili and chocolate. You do like no. you tried that don't get it not why would you want it. to do that no <laughs> offence to the chili chocolate lovers but it's not for me slagging off all the chili chocolate lovers and Gilmore Girls watches oh my god I know don't bring that oh my god <laughs> I'll end up getting cancelled for that um, so I ask everyone on this podcast um, if you could change one thing about the future what would it be it's quite a big question so usually oh my god. first thought best thought with this blunt. one <laughs> <laughs> Begging has just passed me a blunt <laughs> um what, if there was one thing I could change about the future yeah it can be like within the music industry within yourself like the world goes big or small as you want it to be I wish in the future that people took like the see like the live aspect of music mm. more seriously and people put more funding behind it and yeah. there's so much more that comes behind the show 
there's like guitar techs, there's uh, like any monitor guys, there's sound engineers, there's like s- s- stage set people, stuff yeah. like that. I wish people would support them more, and and there was better like I like safety nets in place for because when the pandemic just showed everybody that people like that like the the, the my sound engineer guy he's went through like doing stadiums and all that with people and he's totally had to change his just to make money and I think that's just pure unfair it's so unfair yeah. um, but I, I think that's why I would change about the future on the music industry and just the, like the world in general that yeah. people took things like that a bit more seriously and there was better help for things like that yeah I guess that kind of goes back to like the hierarchy thing that we were talking about about Aye. like everyone in the background is as fundamental as like more, the art. more yeah. fundamental yeah. like Mar- Marty my sound guy could ruin my fucking career if he wanted to <laughs> And he's he, like, he, better not piss him off. And I was like, he, he could make me sound fucking terrible. <laughs> so I, or like Dave, like Dave, my tour manager and stuff like that. Like he just totally like my managers as well. Like they just, they're, they're so everybody's so important to 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 make sure like I succeed or yeah. like me and the band succeed. It's just like it, that. That I think people forget that man is like so much more to the picture than people would think. Yeah. But um, I guess like so important then to like choose who you're surrounding yourself with. I like my. The, my full like like my touring crew and all that like just the funniest cunts ever man like we're just <laughs> just the amount of, like I've just you never I've never laughed so much in my life like we just have the best time ever it's fucking hilarious oh that's so nice aye it's class I'm glad I'm, imagine there was just like one horrible person that just wouldn't happen um, <laughs> create a real atmosphere aye <laughs> oh man pure barking but um, aye I'd probably just that would be the thing I would change about the future just like if anything does happen like this again, it does. There's protection in place. Protection, yeah. Well, that's pretty much everything. Thank you yes. so much. Thanks for having me. <laughs> nice. nice, nice start to the morning. I, I feel know. like chipper now. I was <laughs> feeling like I wanted to fucking die getting off that train. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much to Joseph for chatting to me. He is absolutely killing it at the moment. Don't forget to go and buy and stream. It's been a little heavy lately, which is available everywhere. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do subscribe, rate it and share it with your friends. It really, really does help get it seen and heard. And I really appreciate it. I've been Megan Gray. This is the Vocal Girls podcast. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you next week for the next episode.